Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, you had better wake him up. Get him up, get him going. Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. We're off and running on a Wednesday. The morning sky is going to be changing depending on where you are this morning. A cold front moving through. Going to drop temperatures and bring some uh, potential showers. Uh, started the morning here in the home headquarters in the OC in the uh, almost 70 degrees. It is right now. It'll drop uh, throughout the morning, throughout the day. Uh, we'll get you an update on that. But cold front is on its way. And you are north and out into the hill country. You've already seen the cold front move through this morning. On this Wednesday, the uh, 28th of February, normally the final day of February, but not this year. It is a leap year. There's one more day to go in the second month of the calendar. That'll be tomorrow, of course. But we have a lot to do on this five-hour conversation this morning. A lot of basketball. Texas men send a message on the road in Lubbock last night. How about the win for Texas from the opening jump? Coming off that... uh, Disappointing performance at Kansas on Saturday. Longhorns rebound in Lubbock. We'll talk about it. There's also the Brock Cunningham angle to that game last night. Uh, Longhorns with a huge win. Texas women with a huge game tonight. Own uh, on the road. We'll preview what could be the game of the year in the Big 12 on the women's side. Also got Texas baseball. We've got the NBA. We've got the scouting combine up and running in Indianapolis for the NFL. Just a lot to do. Five hours might be enough to get it all in as we crank this thing up on a Wednesday. Appreciate you being there, wherever you find us. Could be on 1019 FM, maybe on AM 1260. Thank you there. Also, digitally at hornfm.com and always at that easy-to-use Horn app. Just download it to your smartphone, touch of a button. You've got to hook them up with Ian Rod B every morning as much as you want. Uh, Digitally crystal clear each and every day. Download that to your smartphone. Share it with a friend. And let them know how easy it is to use the Horn app uh, as we launch this thing. Look who it is. He's made his way uh, across town here to the Onion Creek compound in South Austin. He is our shutdown corner out of the 713. D.B. High down in Houston, Texas, on his way to D.B.U. right here in the 512. He is a lifetime Longhorn. Also four years in the National Football League, now 16, 17. Great years doing media here in Central Texas and on the radio and your radio dial. He is our shutdown corner. He is the proud papa of Baby Monroe. He is the football theorist, Blackstradamus himself. What is up, Rod Babers? What's up, brother? How are you? I appreciate the uh, the intro and the hospitality as always. And, yeah, a lot to get to. Of course, talking tons of NFL Combine, uh, which is already getting underway. We'll also get into uh, some low-hunt football conversation, go behind the burn orange curtain. But, yes, first and foremost, uh, We'll talk Texas basketball, huge win, 81-69, blowout, butt-kicking uh, that the Texas Longhorns put on the Red Raiders in Lubbock. So we'll get into that. Before we do, though, as we always do each and every morning, and we're happy and proud to do it, a shout-out to those who serve. Uh, we know they're up early with us, and it's an honor, but also a burden for those who serve. But our society built on the selflessness of service. Uh, so uh, for us, it is an honor to honor those who serve, whether it be God, country, or community, just want you to know we appreciate you uh, each and every day. We don't say thank you enough to the soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, the officers of the law. Can't name all the professions or the people, but just want to give the shout-out this morning. Yeah, we told you it was coming yesterday with uh, you know the scouting combine actually on-field drills beginning tomorrow with the defensive mm-hmm. linemen and linebackers. That yesterday was going to be a big day for 
conversation, right? The general managers, the yep. coaches, uh, having covered that event before, they just they, they line up podiums and uh, here they come and parade them through. And so we'll hear from the uh, general manager of the Chicago Bears who on the number one pick in the draft. They are on the clock, what they're going to do with Justin Fields. We heard from Dan Quinn yesterday. In, uh, in Indianapolis, the new Washington Commanders coach. He'll talk about what happened with the Cowboys in that uh, January loss to the Packers. Mm. D'Amico Ryans, uh, Houston Texans head coach, coming off uh, nearly a coach of the year situation. Stephen Jones, um, president of the Cowboys. So we'll get to all that coming up. But as you said, let's start with the headlines, the, uh, the trending topics. Longhorns look like a different basketball team last night. Let's talk about it. Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bring you the top news. Yeah, we started in Lubbock where the Texas men stared down a raucous road environment, delivered their strongest 40 minutes of basketball this season. They earn a crucial 81-69 win at United Supermarkets Arena. In the final meeting between Texas and Texas Tech as members of the Big 12, the building was absolutely supercharged, ready to send the hated horns back to Austin with one more loss on their way to the SEC. Texas had other ideas. From the opening tip, they dominated the Red Raiders on both ends, quickly built a double-digit lead. That ballooned to 24 at the half at 47-23. Longhorns playing great on both ends. Contest was pretty much decided at that point. Texas Tech made a few runs in the second half and tempers flared midway through the second when Brock Cunningham hip-checked Red Raider forward Kerwin Walton into the scorer's table while the two were chasing a loose ball. Uh, led to a near melee. Order was restored. Cunningham was ejected. Horns then ran out the clock from there. Got out of Lubbock with a 15-point win. Dylan DeSue led all scorers with 21. Max, Max Aismas broke out of his slump, added 18. They improved 18-10 and 10 on the year. 7-8 and in Big 12 play. Be back home hosting Oklahoma State on Saturday. Also in the Big 12 last night, top-ranked Houston rolled past the Cincinnati Bearcats there down in H-Town, 67-59. And a massive upset in Lawrence where BYU went into Fog Allen Fieldhouse and snapped Kansas's 71-game home win streak against unranked opponents, 76-68. In Norman uh, tonight, third-ranked Texas women face a similar environment, similar environment to what the men had last night. They're going to square off with the hated uh, Sooners in Oklahoma uh, in what could be the game of the year on the Big 12 women's side. Sooners are all, uh, on top of the Big 12 at 14-2. and Longhorns have reeled off eight straight wins and are now just a game back at 13-3. and That game tips at 6 o'clock tonight. UFCU Dishfall Field last night, 15th ranked Texas baseball, closed out that season-opening eight-game homestand with a 15-4 demolition of St. John's. Sophomore shortstop Jalen Flores drilled a pair of home runs, including his second grand slam already this year. It was a go-ahead granny in the fourth. He drove in six runs. The freshman, Will Gasparino, drove in four more on a three-for-three night. 7-1 Longhorns now will head to Houston for the Astros Foundation College Classic at Minute Maid Park this weekend. Third-ranked LSU on Friday night, then Texas State, then ninth-ranked Vanderbilt. They'll be back home next Tuesday to 7th ranked Texas A&M who improved to 8-0 last night with a Tuesday night victory over Lamar. Another 0-3 night for the Texas trio in the NBA. Spurs lost in Minnesota. Houston lost in OKC. And how about the heartbreaker in Cleveland for the Mavericks? P.J. Washington's layup put the Mavs up uh, up a point with 2.9 ticks to go, but Max Struess of the Cavaliers nailed a 59-footer at the buzzer to give Cleveland a 121-119 win. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new Buta location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Uh, that was a statement win by the Longhorns on the road. We talk about how tough it is to win on the road, period, especially in Big 12 play. Hey, we talked about that with Texas Tech, right? Texas Tech was, prior to this game, 14-1 and at home and were 2-6 and six on the road. The Longhorns had lost their last two road games, not just lost them. You know, well, we're on the, the bad end of an Old Testament-style butt-whipping. And to come out like that, and my two keys were fast start, guard play. Got a fast start. Hell, you were started out on the 6-0 run. You were up with 24 points or something like that at halftime. 
and your guards were spectacular. Or, I mean, and Max Aismas, he got off the – he was in a funk, <laughs> to say the least, for the last three games. Uh, in the first half alone, I mean, he was, what, 11 points in the first half? He showed up. So the guard play and the fast start, to me, that was that was two of my keys. And that's, that getting that, I think, was key. And it never was a game, actually, after the first, I don't know, 12 15 minutes of the game. Yeah, I mean it was it was all Longhorns, and we you know you, we talked about yesterday the big man for Texas Tech being out, their rim protector, oh, their yeah. leading rebounder, and that certainly yeah. impacted. And I'll give Warren Washington. Warren Washington was out yeah. with an injury, and that impacted a you know they're not deep up front anyhow. And you take their leading rebounder and and main guy down low, uh, that was a hole for Texas Tech that the Longhorns exploited. I did like uh, a lot that uh, Rodney Terry and the coaching staff. You know, I, I liked when they inserted Kendall Weaver into the starting lineup. I thought that was smart earlier in the year for energy. I thought this was smart, too, to take him out of the starting lineup, put Ethel Hunter or IT, uh, IT Mitchell, excuse me, IT Horton <laughs> IT in the Horton. game. Yeah. IT Horton in the game. He's more of a shooter, right, can spread the floor, open things up a little more for Max Aismas and not clog things down because as, as, as athletic and energetic and as, you know, Kendall Weaver brings that, he's just not a great shooter. So teams will sag off of him, uh, clogging the lane a little bit, making it tougher for – Max Ace must come off those screens and putting IT uh, Horton into the lineup to start the game. He only scored two points, uh, but I think it did have an impact on yeah. spacing the floor more. Uh, I thought that was a smart move. And they, look, Max Ace was just played with more assertiveness. He got decked early, got took an elbow oh, yeah. right above his Ooh, eye, yeah. uh, got cold cocked, and of course the fans let him have it. And uh, you heard the the P word raining well, down. Well, and that was Curran, that was Curran Walton. Yes, that that elbowed him, and later on Brock Cunningham tackled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that I was trying to get a loose ball. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, Brock Cunningham earned so, earned the ejection. I mean, hey. that was he was not ever going for the basketball. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. Uh, it was a dirty play. But that's okay. I, I I know we know what Brock Brock Cunningham is there for. He's an irritant. <laughs> we know what he is there for. You don't have old school enforcers, but he's an instigator. That's for sure. Well, he is definitely the guy that if he's on your team, you like him. If he's not, you hate him. Pretty much. Uh, that's that's because uh, that's what he does. And look, that was a dirty play. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I mean, the guy there, he had mo- no effort to go for the basketball. Hey, uh, it was a tip check. It was it, it it was a tone setter. It was to let y'all know, like, hey, just because we up, we hey, we not we, we not letting up. Yeah, just we, because we up, I like we ain't that. letting up. Yeah, all right, we still go. Honestly, I, I, you said it yesterday. They needed toughness. They gonna need toughness. Number in this one game. thing, toughness because they had none Brock, against Kansas. Brock Cunningham brings you know that element of toughness, and I honestly, I, it was a dirty play. We all got to admit that wasn't going for the ball. Deserved to get ejected, but like I said, th- there are some penalties coaches will accept because they know that it's a player setting a tone. And that was setting the tone. It was to let them know, like, Tech, nah, just because just cause we up big don't mean we're going to let up on y'all. Y'all about to get this whipping. Y'all need to stay here for it. <laughs> I liked it. I, like I said, I, I think you need that kind of attitude from some guys. Now, in a, t- in a tight game, different story altogether. You got to make smart decisions. You don't want to make plays that going to hurt your team. That wasn't a tight game. I mean, that was a blowout. Yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, it was, it was the best played game they've had all year. Uh, I mean, you go back to the Baylor game uh, here in Austin uh, on a Saturday that was pretty strong for 40 minutes. Uh, this has been a maddening team because it's a, it's a Jekyll and Hyde basketball team that, that can look really good. Like a team last night, they're saying, well, that, that was a, a team tied for third place in the Big 12 that you know, was looking for their, their, ninth, their, their 10th Big 12, or ninth Big 12 Conference win, and you went in there and dominated them. Now, they were a little bit shorthanded, but still, that crowd, that environment, that moment, uh, Texas was up for it. We've seen them play that way. They almost beat Houston, the number one team in the country, in an overtime game here in Austin. And then you see them show up. And I know it's a long season, Rod, but, man, the roller coaster of performance. I mean, uh, from yeah. Saturday's game was as bad as it gets. We're, I mean, really a role reversal of this game. 
Uh, on Saturday, you were down. You, you allowed 45 points in the first half and couldn't score. In this one, you scored 47 in the first mm-hmm. half and allowed 23. Yeah. I mean, you were tremendous on both ends. So uh, you know it's there, right? You know you can play to that level. And I do think athletically Texas matches up with Texas Tech better than they do like a Kansas or a Houston yeah. in the big picture scheme of things. But still, effort, energy, physicality, those things, those are for, for most coaches is non-negotiable. We're going to have that. Uh, and if Texas can, can can bottle that, play with that the rest of the way, they're going to be fine. Yeah, no, I agree. They've we t- I talked about this earlier. They they haven't had an identity or a brand of basketball um, that they play that they can you know refine and cultivate. And you said maybe it's a it's a matchup issue, but it looks like they they were playing a certain tough brand of basketball. Sure, and it was because the guards were were able to show up for them. And the guards were, were productive and efficient. And it's because I think they had a fast start. Dylan DeSue is Dylan DeSue. He gives you what he gives you. We take it for granted now um, how, how good Dylan DeSue is and how, how consistent he is uh, with his 21.6 rebounds. That's expected. But when you get, you know, the, the, the guard play for Texas uh, to, to step up for you, I think that's going to be the difference for them, especially in the tournament. Yeah, the guard play and then, you know, some, some other supporting cast step up, right? The two things that have been up and down. We talk about roller coasters, Jekyll and Hyde. Guard play and then the bench. What are you going to get from, from other guys? You know essentially what you're going to get from Dylan DeSue and Kendall Weaver night by night. Those guys are as consistent as it gets. What do you get from the others? Uh, and last night you got good, right? You got the guard play with uh, Tyrese Hunter early. That set the tone. Max Aismas nailed some threes early that got you going even after getting decked pretty good. Uh, and then even, even a guy like uh, Caden Shedrick off the bench with uh, you know, 10 big points and you know, uh, attacked that hole in the Texas Tech middle uh, yeah. and exploited that to their advantage. Uh, I thought Caden Shedrick brought good energy on both ends. Uh, IT Hunter didn't score much, but I thought him being in the lineup helped space things out. He even attacked the basket. It was just a team that was on attack mode. I mean, like, yep. and that's, that's encouraging that, okay, that's there. We're, because the Longhorns, it was a bubble game kind of thing, but, the, but most, most uh, bracketologists still had the Longhorns in the tournament going yeah. into last night's game. Well, now you can improve your season. Now you have four wins on the road in the Big 12. Uh, now you come home, you know, Baylor becomes the biggest test, but you've got two home games with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma that you'll be favored in. Yep. If you can handle those, you're going to be at 20 wins. Uh, the Baylor game in Waco becomes a bonus. If you could find a way to win that game, you've already beaten Baylor once this year. Well, now all of a sudden you're heading into the Big 12 tournament on a winning streak. And, again, if you can play with that type of uh, physicality and toughness and just urgency, uh, they can play with anybody in the conference. Uh, but, you know, will they, will, they, will they play to that? That's the consistency part of this team within games and then, you know, game by game that has been the kind of their, their trademark. Their, tra- their, their, their consistency is that they're inconsistent, Rod. Yeah, that's, that's what they are. <laughs> they're inconsistent. No, I agree with you about that. But remember, we talked about this last year's team kind of found their groove and their identity a little bit later. They were, they were forging it, but then they hit their, they hit their stride late. It would be great if this team kind of starts to start to hit a roll um, and gained uh, some momentum late in the season. But, I mean, because the Big 12 is so competitive, I believe the Big 12 has had multiple teams who have been 7 and 11 in Big 12 play and conference play make the tournament sure. in each of the last two years. So, I mean, the, the, for the Longhorns, considering now you have, what, what four quad one wins? Uh, road wins. Four quad one road wins. That's – that's pretty impressive, and they—they they are. I think they're—they were firmly in the tournament before that win, and I think they're still firmly in the tournament. I believe they're going to make the tournament now. 
Uh, I'm, I mean, they, they they could be bubbleicious if they end up losing, you know, multiple games in a row here. But if they lose out, they could fall out. Yes, but, but I, I don't think we expect that. But yes, yeah. if something, yeah, if something drastic happens, but I don't expect that. They're firmly in the tournament now. I'm with you. It's about this team trying to figure out their specific brand of basketball and work what what works best for them. Yeah, and um, man, they're they like said they're a dangerous team if they make the tournament and. They, their guards are playing this well because you know what you're going to get from DeSue. Hey, you got 34 points off the bench. Yes. I mean, that's you get you get that with, you know, uh, Max Aismas, you know, getting dropping buckets and you getting Dylan DeSue giving you your 20 and your you know, 20 and 8, whatever he's going to do night in and night out. Texas can make some noise in the tournament. They could. They could. But like you said, they've been terribly inconsistent, and we don't know who we're going to see out on the floor we, from, from game to game. We just don't. <laughs> well, and and it was a uh, you know kind of a gut check play. I mean, look at people when I, we say the Longhorns will never play in Lubbock again. I think after last night, the Longhorns will never play in Lubbock again. Uh, you know, even before the Brock Cunningham hip check, and let me let me clarify that was not uh, that was, that was Darian Williams who he hip checked into the scorers table. Um, oh, okay. But so it wasn't the same guys earlier. But you know, after the game, we'll hear this coming up. Ronnie Terry talking about they're throwing things at the at the, at the bench. You know, little little liquor bottles and things like that from the stands because the student section is right behind the the Texas bench. And you know, throughout the game, they're throwing things at the at the players. And obviously, that got supercharged when the hip check happened. Uh, but still, I mean, uh, Joey McGuire was there, the football coach, getting people fired up. You know, you know, Grant McCaslin, the head coach of Tech, after the the Brock Cunningham situation. And I give the players a lot of credit, Rob. That got calmed down pretty quick. It, it could have escalated from there, uh, but it, but it, because I mean, that was a, that was a, 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 a building on fire essentially, especially from the student section. We had talked yesterday about, about the students camping yeah. out since they were ready. Friday. They were ready for this basketball game. By the way, nothing like camping out for five days and then losing by fifteen. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It was the fans, I think, were frustrated, too, when they started throwing stuff on the court oh, after yeah. the Well, McCaslin had to go to the mic and tell everybody people. to, you know, because you're going to get a technical foul every time something hits the floor. And um, some guy threw either a beer or water or both. Water and bottles. And then you would see these little little Tito's, mm-hmm. those little liquor bottle things. I don't know if they were plastic or, or the glass I'm ones. Sure Hopefully plastic. plastic, yeah. Um, smuggled in uh, or whatever, but still, that, that that that's the last time Texas will play a basketball game in Lubbock for a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, last time they needed what when Chris Beard they needed a police escort yep. because they were so concerned about you know something crazy happening. Um, the students maybe getting a little too riled up. Uh, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think that Texas will ever play Texas Tech, and maybe I think Texas Tech knows that. I mean, they brought out. I was like, hey, Joey McGuire out there yeah. trying to get the crowd hype. That didn't work either. So yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think they understand that, and now Texas is there's no incentive for Texas to play Texas Tech. No, it's not a real rivalry, and Texas is mine. I know in Texas mine. I get it. You know, folks out there in Lubbock see Texas as a rival, and it has become, I guess, in some ways. But I, I don't think Texas fans see Tech as one of their you know, rivals. No. Now, look, it, it took a personal note when Chris Beard was plucked away yes, from Texas Tech, it, and we know that whole story. But as far as moving forward, you know, it, it, Texas is going to go play in the SEC. And yeah, you got it, your other it, rival back. You got A&M back. So you don't even, you don't yeah. even need to entertain other rivals. Yeah, in you the might. State. Uh, and Arkansas. <laughs> And Arkansas. You got Arkansas back in there too. Exactly. <laughs> Going back to the Stroll and Nolan days. I mean, yeah. we'll that, they'll be take, fine as far as rivals go. Taking OU with you, yeah, you're good now on the rivals. That's right. We don't we don't, we don't need, need to make tech. up. We don't need to make up any. Well, and, <laughs> you know, Tech would like it to be, but you know, maybe you'll see Tech in a in a tournament environment or a neutral site environment somewhere, but not as far as we're going to travel out to Lubbock to play a basketball game. Not going to happen. But props to uh, Rodney Terry. 
Um, you know, we criticize when it doesn't look, look good at all and certainly give credit where credit's due. They made the right moves with the lineup and really, really, you know, got his team to play where it needed to play. It was, he was embarrassed by the performance at Kansas. It was a soft uh, weak performance. I mean, and that's not, that's not a trademark of what Rodney Terry wants his teams to be and really haven't been. Uh, and, man, to, to go, as we said yesterday, go into Lawrence and, and allow 63% shooting, that's unacceptable for anybody. Even if you lose the game, yeah. you got to play with some resistance. Uh, in this game, obviously, it was much, much different. They were tremendous and really had the game completely in control by halftime. And the second half was just about managing the clock and, you know, and not having a fight. Yeah, they actually, yeah, because they, they didn't shoot well in the second half, really. No. Uh, the first half, they shot like 60% from the field, so they were like smoking hot. And in the second half, you're right, it was about – and I don't think – I think their objective changed in the second half. It was about maintaining the lead, slowing the game down, and it was about choking the clock out. So. Yeah, they were four for 12 from three-pointers in the first half, just one of ten from yeah. three in the second <laughs> half. But they made their free throws. That's the other yeah. thing I like about it. They went to the foul line. They were aggressive. I mean, they ended up shooting 30, 30 uh, three, uh, free throws. Uh, they made 78% of them. Yeah. So you like that. There's just so much to like about that performance last night. But, man, can we bottle that? Can we see that again Saturday? It was such a fast – it was such a great start that really it, the finish didn't even matter. It did. It <laughs> they, st- they started out so hot. And that's why I think – I mean, I think this team, they don't have to dig themselves out of a hole the entire game. I think they play with a different energy. Everybody, you play – players play differently with a lead. What you're talking about, there's a different attitude – defensively and obviously when you have a lead. They talk about this psychologically in football all the time. I remember it as a defender. You play – if I might – I'm going out there as a defender with a lead. I'm a lot more aggressive. I play with a lot more confidence. There's less anxiety. Um, there is something about, I think, psychologically playing with a lead, and some teams are just better as – call them front runners, whatever you want to call them. I think some teams are better at that. And this team, they might need to make sure they're, they get a lead. It's not always going to be the case, of course, but because you're playing the Big 12, the most competitive college basketball conference in the country. But I think it's important to get off to a good start instead of d- digging yourself out of a hole uh, the entire game and then having to go win 100%. the game in clutch time. I mean, that's, that's been maddening for yeah. this team that they, they're playing uphill, feels like, all the time, they, especially cool. in these big games. But uh, this one in the Baylor game stand out as, as quick starts. And that that's you the- can – you know, keep that recipe key. going. It's a big key, uh, that, and to do it on the road in that environment with that uh, that crowd—that's as, that's as loud a crowd as you'll see. Oh, that was a, that was that was maturity uh, to go into that building like well, that. Well, that's the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, they, this is a veteran team. This is why the inconsistency is kind of weird. I know you can point to the unfamiliarity with the players; they haven't played together a lot, right? I mean, yeah. some of them have, but uh, a lot of these are new players, and. You know, Dylan DeSue didn't get inserted into the starting lineup until January, so you're still trying to work through that. But at this point, you got to know what you are. You got to know your your brand of basketball, as you say. And last night, you got it. I think your brand of basketball is Kendall Hunter or Kendall Weaver. I mean, it just has to be. Kendall Weaver was 15 points last night. He was eight rebounds. Yeah, uh, you know, his block shot of Pop Isaacs on a fast break was tremendous. Hustle. Uh, he went to the foul line 11 times. Uh, played 31 minutes off the bench, and I do like that. I like that. I mean, I liked when they put Weaver in the lineup to start it, just to. I think that was to try to, hey, let's get off to, to faster starts. Yeah. Uh, get energy out there because that guy's the ball of it. But it, we saw what yeah. it did with Max Aismas, that it did kind of bottle, boggle, uh, bottle things up a little bit for him. Uh, so you put IT uh, Horton in there, and now you bring Hunter off the bench, which gives you that spark when you need it you know, halfway through the first half. And, um, you, know, c- you know, bringing it off the bench. Kedden Shedrick bought it. Uh, Brock Cunningham played 22 big minutes, had nine points. He was – I don't think he missed one shot last night. I mean, or one from the field. Uh, so, you know, of course, then he got ejected rightfully. So we'll take your thoughts. 512-447-3776. Longhorns get a nice win. They're approaching 500 now in Big 12 play and can get that on Saturday uh, when they uh, mix it up with the uh, Oklahoma State K 
Cowboys. Uh, Texas women, huge game tonight. Uh, that's a uh, Vic Schaefer's team have reeled off eight in, a, eight in a row. It's funny, they're behind Oklahoma in the standings, but they're number three in the country. So nationally, the Longhorns yes. getting more love than Oklahoma, <laughs> wow. who's sitting at 14-2. and two. So you got to think Oklahoma's looking at that going, wait a second, they're number three in the country. We're ahead of them. Uh, we've already beaten got, them once this year. Got something to prove. That was the Longhorns' last loss on the women's side was nine games ago when Oklahoma beat them uh, here in Austin. So uh, return the favor would be the goal tonight. Uh, how about Kansas? They'd won 71 consecutive games on their home floor against an unranked opponent. And BYU rolled in there and uh, beat them last night. Beat them. And it wasn't even a, a super – wasn't like overtime or anything. They went in there and won that game. Props to BYU and uh, tells you the strength of the Big 12. Oh, Big Houston, 12, the new number one team in the country, um, making it, make it look easy against Cincinnati last night. So, uh, the Big 12. It's wild, man. Game no, by game. No, no nights off. No, <laughs> no nights off. No nights off, man. Uh, Longhorns now two wins from 20, and you get to 20, they're going to be in this tournament without a doubt. Uh, thoughts at 447-3776. We'll play you the heartbreaking buzzer beater that got the Mavericks last night. In Cleveland, Brutal. about a 58-footer. Brutal. And you got to win on the road. Mm. Dude nails it from, like, uh, ho- playing horse. <laughs> playing horse in pregame. <laughs> Drills it. Oh, man, Max Struess. That was brutal. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Double-digit win on the road for the Texas men last night. They took a 24-point halftime lead and cruised to the 81-69 win. Only uh, real drama in the second half was uh, Brock Cunningham. And a lot of messages coming in, 512-447-3776. It's good to see Cunningham bring his Bill Lane beer to the gym. Great victory. Yeah, that was kind of a Bill Lane beer. Old school bad boy Pistons move last night. Yeah. Uh, this is Brock's hit on the Red Raider was like a safety knocking a receiver out of bounds. Fabulous. <laughs> it was one of them games, man. It, like even Max Aceman, didn't he have to get some stitches for the elbow that he got? Yeah, I, I think that was not intentional. He got no, I don't think up for a either, shot, but it but just that takes it looked take, ugly. Yeah, you get in the lane. Yeah, he got a gash over oh, his man, over his ugly. eye, no yeah. doubt about it. And then he looked tougher when he had the bandage on. You know what I mean? Hey, that, it helped him out, man. He got that. And the game was about toughness, as you said it. And that's exactly what the Longhorns showed, man. A lot of uh, grit and fortitude out there in Lubbock. Because because the, the games the previous two Saturdays against Houston and Kansas kind of looked like they were they they oh, gave in. It was sleepwalking. They're kind of they're just willing to take the beating. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Uh, like, come on, man. Uh, you're you can lose the game mm-hmm. against a good team on the road, but uh, fight for it. And they did last night. Now I'll say this for Brock Cunningham because I know he's a controversial figure, and a lot of people who don't like Texas don't like him. Look, what I, I mean, I don't mind the hip check because I do think it sent a message. It was a dirty play. Yeah. But don't act like he didn't do anything. Don't look at the ref and like, oh, what? 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 Well, what did I do? Well, what did I do? You, you know have, you did. You have to so that they at least they'll be like, you know, you won't get the, the treatment that you did it on purpose as a, like you were settling some type of score. Or you, you know, I mean, it was a revenge factor for something earlier in the game, which some people think it could have been. Um, you know what I mean? So you act like, oh, what, what, what me? So I don't mind that. I just go, he's a villain. That's what yeah. villains do. Okay, well, he's a villain. I'm just gonna play the other side. If you if you don't like Longhorns, you I mean come on, man. Uh, you he's know, a villain. He, he, yes, he played the role of villain. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I don't like when the villain doesn't act like he's a villain. He's like, oh, you know, all of a sudden he's uh, 
you know. Hey, the vi- hey, 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 man, I didn't, what did I do? That's I mean, what villains do. Villains going to deny it, even though if we just saw you. you you're guilty. All right? We got you, oh. we got you holding the, the, the smoking gun, and yeah, you're like, what? I didn't, I didn't do anything. It's not me. That's why he's, that, uh, he's a villain. It, it makes him even more hateable. Yeah, the player you love to hate, no <laughs> doubt about it. It makes him easier to hate, man. Yeah, well, let's uh, listen to Rodney Terry from last night. Ty, I sent you this. Rodney talking about uh, – you know, what was going on uh, after and throughout the game. Here's Rodney Terry. His team gets the victory in Lubbock uh, and find the win. But uh, we'll play that. I'm also going to play you this sound of uh, the Max Struess half-court, I mean, more than half-court shot to beat the Mavericks last night. That's brutal. Uh, but here's Rodney Terry, uh, you know, from the, uh, from the post game. I did say that to Kelly Sell. I said, Kelly, man, they keep throwing things. They're throwing directly at our bench at this point. Uh, I said, we're going to go back in the locker room. I said, you know, I know we've got one technical foul, should be a second technical foul, but they keep throwing things at our guys, you know, at the bench, then we got to protect our guys and go inside, you know, and stuff. So, um, you know, order was quickly restored. I thought Grant did a great job getting on the microphone and talking to the crowd and selling everybody down a little bit. You know, some coaches won't do that. He did that. You know, kudos to him, proud of him, proud of Grant, Coach Grant. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a man of a lot of character. And, uh, and a good man who's done a great job coaching his team this year. Okay. Yeah, no, he did. He got on the mic and, and tried his best to sell the crowd down. That was a classy move. By the way, my favorite sign from Lubbock last night was uh, the one that simply said, Hey, Brock, get a job. <laughs> uh, what, what, hey, he's he milking it as long as he can, man. I don't know. What, what year is Brock on? Six? Yeah, he's like 24. Seven, hey. I think. Yeah, he could Seven. be out. I think he graduated with Ty from working, Westlake. Uh, working on his master's. He, He's working he, on his master's right now, man. He was two grades below me. Okay. So, but you're 26 years old now. Yeah. And and he was old <laughs> for – he was held back. He was in my grade in kindergarten. Yeah, I think so. he's 25. That was, that's the life right there. Look at that, man. And it's, you know, just, just, just playing. I don't because I hope he's – I think he's getting his – I'll be milking it and getting his master's at this time. He might he'd be halfway done with it. Yeah, you know, he gets older and the uh, co-eds say the same age. Hey, you man. know what I'm saying? All right, get, all right, all right, all right. He's got to get RJ one day. You know what I mean? He's, he's probably done playing. He's not going to go overseas and play or nothing like no, that. No, he's done. With, that's, he's milking yeah. it to the end, right? I mean, that's he's, the whole uh, point, man. Hey, can we uh, play this too? Then we'll go behind the burn orange curtain. This is how the Mavericks lost last night. So oh, you'll hear this. P.J. Washington puts in a layup, and the Mavericks are leading. It looks like they're going to get a road win uh, at Cleveland. Listen to this from the, uh, the hometown crowd there, or the hometown call. Leave it to inbound, just to the left of the Cavs bench. All we need Leave is a deflection. Pass deflected by Mobley, but grabbed by Doncic. Doncic bounced underneath the PJ, and he laid it in with 2.6 to go. Cavs out of timeout. Struess into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! Cavs win! This place is going crazy! There we go. There we go. Yeah, that's how you lose. That is. I, t- I tuned into that game with eight seconds left. On oh, that you saw the, the. That's all you needed, <laughs> right there. No, yeah, no. That's uh, a Mavs fan. That's about how it no, goes. That was brutal. Most of the time. That was pretty brutal. That's all right. Listen, the Mavs are playing good basketball right now. They are. I mean, they. The Mavs. I'm telling you. I think. And I think Luke's gonna win the MVP. I do. I think the Mavs. That trade they made to you know get themselves a little bit more size. I I think the Mavs right now are. None, you know, I don't know where they are in the Western Conference, but I do think they're going to be a problem in the playoffs. I think they will be. Uh, well, and that 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 59 foot shot, uh, you know, we've talked about, and you've lobbied for Luca to be the MVP potentially. How about him last night in the loss? 45 points, nine rebounds, 14 assists. 
But he ain't going to get the MVP if they don't get dubs. Yeah. You know that. But I'm telling you, he's, I, he's, I haven't seen anybody playing better than Luka this year. I mean, him and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, SGA, as they call him. He's SGA. playing really well, too. Well, I saw a stat this yesterday that he's producing almost 58 points a game for his team, whether it's scoring or yeah, assists, it's just, it's, it's which amazing. is the highest, the highest percentage of all time. <laughs> it's crazy. He's, he's, he's creating 58 points a game for his basketball yeah, team man. on a night-by-night basis. And last night, 45 points, 14 assists. Uh, he's playing at a super high level, and that one was a heartbreaker. All right, let's go behind the burn orange curtain. We'll get some NFL scouting combine conversations, including rumors surrounding that number one overall pick and Justin Fields and the Bears, Cowboys, Texans. But right now, let's go behind the BOC with RB. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, we got a couple of stories I want to hit here in uh, behind the burn orange curtain, Texas football related. First, the um, college football odds uh, for the SEC uh, championship and for the national championship for the college football playoff have been released. Uh, the SEC championship odds per bet online um, is uh, Georgia at two to one, and then Texas at two and a half to one odds to win the SEC title. Ole Miss is six and a half to one, so they're the third best odds. In Alabama with the fourth best odds, tied with Tennessee. So Tennessee and Alabama at nine to one. Um, then they got LSU at ten to one odds to win the conference. So those that's your top six. I guess you could say five because there's a tie. So that's your top five um, best odds to win the SEC title. Um, Georgia, then Texas, um, Ole Miss, Alabama, Tennessee, LSU. Uh, man, Texas two and a half to one. I will say right now, in terms of returning starting quarterbacks, which Georgia has their returning starting quarterback too. You return all your coordinators and play callers. Also, I think Georgia returns all their coordinators and play callers. Uh, Texas returns four of the five starters on the offensive line, um, and Georgia's pretty stacked. I mean, Georgia's been stacking classes for you know that's probably the most talented roster in all of uh, college football. Then Michigan, hell, Alabama was in that discussion before Nick Saban retired. It's that's a that to me for Texas uh, right now to be in that discussion already to potentially win the SEC in their first year in the SEC. Um, man, that is a that's a hell of a leap. That is a exponential leap in expectation and projections for Texas. But I will say, you know, they built it the right way. Texas right now, their lines of scrimmage, which you make you got to make sure you're buttoned up on the lines of scrimmage going into the SEC. Uh, Texas is strong on their lines of scrimmage. Still some questions about the interior D-line. That's going to be, I think, one of the biggest issues to figure out. But um, the O-line, you're stacked. Your edges, you brought in a lot of good edge players. Everybody's expecting uh, Ethan Burke and Baron Sorrell to take a lead. But you got Trey Moore coming in. You got a Colin Simmons. You got a young Anthony Hill. Um, so right now Texas is seen as one of the uh, potential uh SEC contenders, or at least behind Georgia, the the second best odds to win the SEC. Well, it's interesting. Uh, who would have thought just a couple of years ago that we had the debate last night on the On Texas Football Tuesday Night live stream, Rod, you and I, and C.J. Vogel, which sport for Texas is most ready to compete and win a SEC championship when they get there? No one would have said football two years ago. No. <laughs> now it might be football. Now volleyball is going to trump all because volleyball is the national champion, so volleyball. they're ready to win any conference. Yep. Um, with, with Jared Elliott, but uh, football might be 1A uh, as far as the closest uh, on-field, on-court to, to winning 
an SEC championship when they get there in 2024, and that's uh, that's credit to Sark, this staff, yeah. and what they've did, what I, they've built. I don't pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. It's mind blowing, but I, I don't disagree with that at all. I do. I think they're set up really well with the changing landscape of the SEC. It helps that Nick Saban retired. Sure, <laughs> right. That helps a lot. Um, and it it helps that LSU lost. Like their Heisman Trophy uh, winning quarterback and two first round wide receivers, <laughs> that helps too because they they could return probably the best O line potentially in the SEC, um, and you know if they return the quarterback and those two receivers, that would be to me they would be a big threat. They're not, so I think you had a it was like a perfect year of turnover for Texas to come into the SEC and potentially win it. All right, uh, Bet Online also has their odds for the college football playoff, the new 12-team format. Ohio State with the best odds to make the college football playoff at uh, minus 1,000. Then Georgia at minus 900. And then you have Oregon at uh, minus 500. And then there's Texas. So Texas tied with Oregon, third best odds overall to make the 12-team playoff. And after that is Clemson and FSU at minus 250, K-State at minus 200, and Michigan, along with Utah uh, at minus 110. So there you go. You got uh, those are – yeah, those are the best odds overall to make the college football playoff. So Texas – with the fourth best odds overall behind Ohio State, Georgia, and Oregon. So essentially, I believe they're, the odds are just saying Georgia, they believe Georgia's going to win the, the SEC. And well, Texas will potentially could face Georgia twice, th- three times. Three times. <laughs> they, they can face them three times if everything goes right. They'll face them in the regular season. Um, they're here implying they're going to end up facing them in the SEC title game, and they both get to the college playoff, which they will. There's a chance they could face each other in there too. Yeah, it could be. That'd be wild. Uh, and yeah, we'll see. The both return quarterbacks, as you said, in Beck and Quinn, and then uh, uh, a lot of continuity in both of those places, Georgia and Texas, and yep. not a lot of continuity a lot of the other places around oh, the man. SEC. Even LSU with a Heisman Trophy winner, Brian Kelly, but they've replaced coordinators on both sides. Yeah, um, you're right. You know, Jaden Daniels is moving on. Uh, two, so, wide rec- two first round wide receivers. Two, two guys going to be drafted first round. That's a lot to lose. People are going to watch the film now saying, man, this Malik Neighbors guy might be better than Marvin Harrison, or They're, at least he's on par. Oh, yeah. That's how good he is. And no one's knocking Marvin Harrison Jr., but it's like, dang, this dude's got some company. Yeah. Uh, I've seen now several mock drafts, Rod, that suggest that those are the two best players in the draft, period. Like one and one A, and then, yeah. then we can go to the quarterbacks, but as far as the two most. The most talented, highest graded players in the draft, it's uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. and Malik Neighbors. At the top of the draft. Speaking of draft, the uh, combine does really get cranking up today. I think I'm pretty sure today would be the day that Tavondre Sweat will step on the scale. Uh, that's important. It's a big day Tavondre for Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford. So linebackers, defensive line going first. They'll be on the field tomorrow. But today's the day they do their weigh-ins and measurements mm-hmm. and arm length and all that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah. And then they hit the field to do drills tomorrow on day four of being there. So uh, defensive lineman, linebackers tomorrow. Defensive backs and tight ends on Friday on field on NFL Network, Rod. So that'll be JT Sanders, Ryan Watts. And then they go into this, the weekend with the quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs on Saturday. And then, of course, the uh, offensive linemen will wrap it up with the big dudes on Sunday. Um, man, we were just talking about that LSU offense, which I don't know. How, man, that defense must have been really bad for it LSU. Was it must have been putrid. Bad. That's why he fired everybody. Listen to these stats real quick. In the 2023 regular season against Power 5 teams, when LSU targeted neighbors or Thomas, their two first-round wide receivers that are going to be taken, uh, LSU had an explosive play rate, meaning a play of 15 yards or more 28% of the time. <laughs> they had an explosive play, 15-plus yard play, anytime they targeted neighbors or Thomas. 
That's, that is freaky. That, that's, that's crazy. That is why. Hell, Jaden Daniels on scrambles alone against Power 5 teams, he had an explosive play 27% of the time he scrambled. So you got explosive play 28% of the time you target your two receivers and 27% of the time when your quarterback decides to just take off. No, I, was, man, that defense must have been really bad because that offense was almost unstoppable. It was. Well, they, they <laughs> one of their three losses, LSU, they scored 49 and lost Ole Miss 55-49. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they put up huge numbers, and the defense was just terrible. And that was maddening for LSU fans. Like, wait a second. We're used to having great defense, defense and no offense. offense. <laughs> what are we doing here? We don't like this bizarro world yeah. that we're living in right now. Yeah, now we're oh. unstoppable. Yeah, but, I mean, Jaden Daniels won the crazy. Heisman, put up almost 5,000 total yards you know, on the ground and through the air. Um, uh, they were crazy. dynamic. All right, so uh, real quick, um, Bucky Brooks put out his latest mock draft ever at NFL.com. He's only a first-round mock draft. Uh, he's only got one Longhorn taken in the first round, and that Longhorn is Byron Murphy. But he's got Byron Murphy going to the Texans. Hey. 23rd pick overall, says D'Amico Ryan wants to invest in the trend to help the defense take the next step. Murphy gives the Texans a rugged interior defender to build around. Remember, the Texans like taking Texas players. That's something Nick Casario has admitted openly. Like, no, I like taking guys from the state. I want them to have pride in their, the teams in their state. And he believes, like, it, it, it helps in terms of the evaluation. Those guys getting more comfortable, adapting, and acclimating to, you know, the new team that they're in the state. He thinks it helps. Uh, the Cowboys, by the way, he's got the Cowboys taking Tyler Guyton. Um, the offensive lineman from the offensive tackle from Oklahoma uh, with the 24th pick in case Cowboys want to know what uh, uh, Bucky Brooks thinks you guys are going to do in the draft. Also, uh, we didn't talk about this, but Ian Rappaport did report earlier this week that Jonathan Brooks um, is healing well and expected after uh, his surgery. He's expected to be cleared by training camp. Won't do any drills, of course, for the combine, but they're saying right now he's expected to be cleared for on-field activity by training camp. That also is big news in case a team wants to invest in him. Looks like he could be ahead of schedule. Uh, maybe they'll, ride, they'll probably increase his draft stock even more because he's already top running back on, on everybody's board that I've looked at. And we mentioned the Cowboys team surgeon did that surgery. So the Cowboys know well yes, what's Dan going Cooper. on. Dan Cooper. Dan Cooper, I believe is his name. So Cowboys could be Lincoln. Speaking of the Cowboys, Tyler Guyton, I wouldn't hate that pick at all. I think he's a real good lineman. Uh, remember, Oklahoma's not going to have any returning offensive linemen this year going into the SEC because Tyler Guyton's one of the guys going to the NFL. Stephen Jones was asked yesterday about you know their number one overall pick a couple years ago, Tyler Smith, mm -hmm. and would they move him out to left tackle if they lose Tyron Smith? And he said, not likely. He said, it feels like Larry Allen. That's how he referred to Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith. He is he is good. Feels like Larry oh, Larry, I Larry Allen. Allen. I don't oh know my god! That's, that's a hell of a Hall of Fame. That's a hell of a leap. But he feels I mean, like it's trending to be Larry Allen. He's a Allen. good player, though, man. He's a really good player. He's he, physical and he's athletic. Yeah, and he's versatile. Yeah. You can move out to tackle, put him at guard. You can. So it sounds like their plan is to keep him at guard because he's just so damn good and, you know, in the pulling game and okay. uh, getting on the edges when they need Which him to. Which means they need to re-sign Tyron Smith. That's probably true. Need yeah, to re-sign Tyron. Case. And you did draft, just like here, probably draft another line, old lineman. It ain't sexy, but it's necessary. We will uh, hear from Stephen Jones coming up throughout the morning. All the other conversations coming from the Combine yesterday. A lot of them. Are the Bears going to trade Justin Fields? It sounds like it could happen soon. If you listen to the general manager, Ryan Poles, we'll it hear a little bit of that to. coming up. Uh, we got some What the Facts coming next. We're talking Texas hoops and a big-time win on the road last night with you on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Temperatures dropping throughout the uh, listening area this morning. Uh, cool front moving through. 
started about 70 degrees this morning. It's down now to 58 in the uh, South Austin OC compound. Winds up too. You heard Don Miller talk about the wind blowing things all over the place. Temperatures will top out today about 61 degrees, which mm-hmm. is 25 degrees cooler. But this is the normal high temperature for this time of year, uh, 60s and uh, not 85 to 90, which we're getting this uh, week. But uh, it'll change a little bit tonight and uh, today into the night, and then pretty chilly tomorrow. God, I love Texas. It's like three seasons <laughs> in one season. In three days. Yeah, exactly. That's what happens in Texas. Man. Yeah, so That's... we'll get uh, 53 for a high tomorrow, 72 on Friday. So we go from 70. 5372 we're good welcome, welcome to Texas hey, exactly that's why we pay the uh, the high property taxes we love like it this. love it love it uh, and love you being with us we're talking all things Texas hoops last night now how about uh, Longhorns with the big win the Texas women with the uh, showdown game tonight in Norman will preview Texas baseball pounding lumps into St. John's last night over at UFCU Dishfalk Field ahead of the big series down in Houston this weekend and how about this Rod uh, if you're a Texas Tech fan you're kind of waking up today thinking damn we we were we we had the comp, we had the commissioner openly admitting he's rooting for the Red Raiders to beat mm-hmm. Texas. Final score fifty seven to seven. That's not good. Then you get to toast Texas and they get they just got thumped by Kansas, got thumped by Houston. There's a team that's limping in. Especially you get on the a road. chance to smack them around one more time. They don't play well on the road either. And they run you out of the gym. Ran you out of the gym. Made you no. And Brock Cunningham went full wrestling heel and uh, got a got a good shot in on the way out. Got they ejected. Did. And, and threw the horns up as he walked out. <laughs> yeah. Both of them double horns up, baby, as he hit down. And it was it was a it, it was. It was it was satisfying. That's a great that they way to put it. It was a satisfying win for Lowhorn fans, considering you know it's the last time you're gonna play tech <laughs> uh in basketball. Probably one of the last times you're gonna play them in anything. Terrible. Yeah, so football beat them up pretty bad that their last 57 time. Seven to seven. So football beat them up pretty bad their last time playing, and basketball beat them pretty bad last time playing. Then volleyball beat them up pretty bad. Uh, and love, I got to go check. I got to go check. I have to, have to double double down on that. Hey, how about this, Rod? Real quick, what the facts? Unders in the NBA now ten, went 10-1 and one last night. The unders. Remember how the overs were all coming in? Oh, yeah. Things have adjusted, I guess. Unders went 10-1, and one, and since the All-Star break, which I think we, they came back last Thursday, unders are 38-12-1. and one. Since the All-Star break. Just for you gamblers. How about this? Since uh, since January 1st, unders are 227, 161, and 3. That's still 59%. Yeah. So you got a 50%. Since January 1st, it's the new year. Unders are hitting damn near at 60%. Like you said, since the All-Star break, you're at 76%. Yeah. That's... <laughs> That's a significant trend and pattern, folks. Well, because remember, the overs kept coming in early, and, of course, Vegas is going to adjust the line to, mm-hmm. to navigate losses. And what do you know? Now they're coming and, in. Under. And the All-Star game, you always bet the over. <laughs> always. Right? I believe the over is something like been 9-1 and one or something like that with, Craig, Craig. Yeah, with the All-Star break in the last 10. So, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know what's going on in the NBA. I know there's I know there is probably more skill in the NBA than we've seen maybe ever. Just a lot of skill. Um, but now maybe they're playing defense. The closer they get to, maybe the closer you get to to the actual postseason games that matter. Maybe now teams are starting to you know play a little bit more defense, emphasize defense a little bit more before they get to the postseason. Because you got to be. It's crazy how the NBA has shifted. It used to be everybody played defense, and you only had a few elite scorers out there that could really light up light it up for you. And now everybody scores. And you only got a few teams that can play elite-level defense as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, the new NBA. Real quick, Rod, uh, Longhorn Baseball wrapped up their homestand 7-1, and one, and now we find out a lot about this team in the next 10, ga- 10 days starting Friday. 
They'll play number three in the country. They'll play number seven in the country or number nine. Then they'll come home to play Houston or Texas A&M, who improved 8-0 last night. They're number eight in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me give a little shout-out to Jalen Flores, the uh, sophomore shortstop from Brandeis. This kid's a dude. I, it, was, it was curious to me, at least at the beginning, when, when the season opened and Jalen Flores was batting in the three-hole. You know, typically you put your most productive and your best hitter in the three-hole. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you, want, you want Jared Thomas leading off, lighting the fire at the mm-hmm. top, which he's been great. They got Peyton Powell in the two. And then Jalen, you know, your, your third batter, you wanted to come up in the first inning. You wanted to come up as much as he can, but you wanted to come up and run producing opportunities uh, in that three-hole, and he has delivered. He's already batting 344. He hit a grand slam last night, his second grand slam of the year. He's got four home runs already, um, 12 RBI. He's, he's playing a great brand of shortstop. That dude, that's a, that's a sophomore that uh, can really play. Longhorns have themselves a really good player in Jalen Flores. That is a fact, and uh, we'll find out. LSU Friday, Texas State Saturday, Vanderbilt Sunday, Aggies next Tuesday. There you go. Nice. Yeah, it's going to be a sexy stretch of games that they're about to embark upon. Um, all right, what the facts? How about this fact? Uh, Caleb Williams, who's expected to be the first pick in the NFL draft, first FBS player with 30-plus t- passing touchdowns and 10-plus rushing touchdowns in back-to-back seasons since Mahomes. Ooh, Patrick Mahomes. Did it in 2015-16 uh, as a Texas Tech Red Raider. Hey, Red Raiders, you can always fall back on that. Yeah, I mean, best quarterback in the, the NFL is, well, right is, a, is a Texas Tech Red Raiders. They, so they had the you. best quarterback of all time, and they still had a losing record when they had him. Uh, that is true, but and, still. And they didn't win a bowl game. They still can claim him, though. He's still theirs, man. He's still, he's, he's still a Red Raider. Can't get your grades I'd, I'd up. Rather have, I'd rather have Vince than that natty. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah well, no, for sure. I'm sure, but I'm just saying, we're talking about consolation prizes here, and they can always you know, feel good about the fact that, hey, that Patrick Mahomes is a uh, Red Raider. There you go. And, and it might lead to another fact, which is actually an opinion, but I'll make it a fact, that Cliff Kingsbury is the greatest, one of the greatest, is the greatest failure upper of all time, right? Rides Johnny Manziel to the head coaching job at Texas Tech, doesn't win, but rides the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. He's the greatest underachiever. Yeah. They, they, a of <laughs> failing up. He's a great. And I, mean, I like me some Cliff. Yeah. But uh, we know Johnny Manziel carried most of that staff to great, yeah, to bigger things. Then he got that led him to Texas Tech, where he underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yet ended up with the Arizona Cardinals in the NFL. This guy's unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's one of the greatest underachievers <laughs> of all time. Just so as you know, when you are good looking, hey man, hey. the world the world works in your favor. <laughs> Oftentimes, <laughs> when you're just really good looking, it's like, hey, man, I want this dude around. And he's as I tell my kids, I was like, you know, it's not as much what you know, it's who you know. It is who you know. It's who you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Network, young men and women. Uh, yeah, uh, Jalen Flores, that grand slam last night, Rod. Yeti Yard went crazy again. Crazy. Did, it go, did it go into the Yeti Yard or was it just? Uh, it went over. Went over, over the It Yeti was a no-doubt-about-it shot. Okay. I mean, he was looking for the pitch, and he got it and drilled it over. with the Yeti Yard, I mean, they're looking like uh, it's awesome. New Year's Eve or something at midnight. <laughs> crazy in there. Uh, all right, we'll come back. When we do, it's hour two of our five-hour Tuesday conversation. Rod's got his first rant of the morning. We'll also get some uh, NFL, sound, uh, NFL scouting combine audio. Including the Bears at number one. They're the team on the clock right now. What's going to happen? We'll hear from their general manager coming back. It's Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby.